Welcome to Evolutionary Exchanges, a podcast from Evolution Partners, which dives deeper into the lives of our team and guests. Our goal is to go beyond what you can find online and to introduce you to our firm and some of the issues that we're helping to address. You'll hear about some of the extraordinary work they're involved with, as well as gaining insight into who they are. Hello and welcome to Evolutionary Exchanges. Today, I'm joined by managing partner Bob Chapman from Hong Kong and analyst Colin Chow from London to discuss financial wellness and its impacts on mental health. I'm Alexandra Murray-Takon, a Hong Kong consultant. With inflation soaring in many countries around the world and billions affected by the accompanied cost of living crisis, financial well-being is undoubtedly a pertinent discussion. The negative effects of deteriorating financial situations on mental health have been well studied, showing the vital importance of feeling in control of one's finances. Banks are in a unique position to offer customer support, and many are already exploring the use of technology to assist with the development of positive financial habits. Colin, do you care to demonstrate the problem or outline the problems surrounding financial well-being and mental health? Yes, well, recently, well, here in the UK, it's been uh, the discussion around the cost of living crisis has been uh, has been of huge importance, of course, and uh, and the link between financial well-being and mental health has been very well documented. So um, according to a study by the Money and Mental Health Policy Institute here in the UK, almost half of the people in who are in problem debt will have a mental health condition. And uh, for, of, of course, it's, it's quite natural to see how this would come about with financial issues weighing on someone's mind. It, uh, from, uh, that contributes a significant amount to, uh, amount to stress. But what's actually slightly less documented is the effect that poor mental health actually has in turn on financial well-being. And the fact is that um, it's very easy to fall into a vicious cycle, so to speak, of poor mental health and poor financial well-being just because of mental health issues such as anxiety and depression it uh, as those start to compound it makes people less likely or less able to actually engage with essential services such as banks and so um and so this results in the creation of a vicious cycle in which poor financial well-being um, results in uh, exacerbates the issues with mental health and vice versa as well. And so the fact is that um, financial uh, financial and insurance providers, so uh, banks, uh, for, uh, banks and insurance providers are in a, are actually in a very good place to um, help customers break the cycle as they have access to uh, from, to every aspect to, to be able to target financial physical and mental health and by looking at actually uh, by actually looking at holistic solutions across all three and using data in order to supplement these solutions uh, this uh, this offers uh, this offers a very exciting way to actually target and uh, and offer more relevant solutions in these areas yes absolutely um, and i think this is a prime opportunity also to introduce um, evolution partners connection to um, mental physical well-being um, in terms of health and wellness and 
as mentioned before, we are joined by our head of health and wellness uh, here in Hong Kong. Um, Bob, we've been exploring um, some of the ideas of how banks and insurers can intervene um, to positively benefit individuals. Do you want to discuss kind of the, the interconnectivity of this? Yeah, of course. So I think if we, if we talk about banks, and let's, let's focus really on, on retail banks, because we're looking uh, more at the, the consumer side. Um, so they're their customers, uh, I mean, obviously, retail retail bank, um, just to, to recap quickly, most of their business um, is from taking deposits from um, normal individuals and then loaning that out to, to, to um, in the, yeah, loaning out in various ways, often in the form of mortgages, right? So um, it's um, the, the links that, we, that Colin's kind of covered already um, are, are, are pretty clear and pretty well established between um between um, uh, between financial health and physical health and mental health. So um, it's in banks' interest, actually, really, to uh, encourage their customers to be healthier, both physically and mentally, so that they're more likely to be reliable customers. They're more likely to actually be wealthier. Um, the, the data kind of shows um, that, that that's the case. So they can increase deposits um, on on one side. And then on the other side, they're... Uh, people that individuals that they're loaning to are um, much like less, much more likely to pay pay them back, right? Much likely to default on their um, their loans if they're more physically and mentally active. So it's in there. It's definitely in their interest to for them to take a keen interest um, in the in the, uh, the basics financials um, uh, stack up there um, for their customers. I think then there's all sorts of other benefits that they can have alongside that. Um, and, the, and the biggest one is obviously things like customer loyalty, right? So this is a real opportunity. Most people and most, most people don't have um, a particularly positive view of their, of their bank, of, of their retail bank and banks that, you know, their NPS scores are all, overall are pretty historically pretty low. But this is a real chance for them to actually look at, well, we can completely change the conversation and have a, a positive relationship with them where we're, um, we're helping them to, to kind of be healthier. Uh, and they can do even there's there's examples that exist now where you're encouraging people to kind of save more money for the long term, help them out with their retirement, which is obviously for for their benefit. It's also for the bank's benefit because they kind of have more you know uh, um, assets under management. Um, it's better for them to have a you know in, increase their balance sheet, but it's it's better for the individual. So it's a win win on both sides. They can also look at things like helping them out um, with even even simple things doing doing partnerships like a partnership model is so common area where they can link up with things to help with uh meditation apps for example right so again there's, there's plenty of evidence to show that meditation helps out with people uh if they do it consistently so um if you give you know your customers even a simple example like that access to something there where it's going to help their help that help their mental health then that's going to give them more potential uh brand loyal loyalty to you and create a kind of virtuous circle um, where they're more mentally mentally healthy as well. So, yeah, that's that's kind of example for on the on the banking side. Um, I think then if you look at insurers, where like the focus of where we've looked at in Evolution Partners, there's there's plenty of opportunities there. Of course, they have yeah certainly in Asia, there's a big focus on insurance in, in, in life insurance as a, as a savings product. So that makes makes loads of sense to kind of have a link up there um, as well. But you'll quite often find that. Um, banks and insurers will have a link, you know, in the form of obviously bank insurance. Some banks will also have their own, own uh, insurance arms. And there's a, there's a few examples of that here, right? So they can really end up being uh, complementary. And then again, that sort of plays in to the um, to that brand loyalty where I mentioned where actually you've got a huge opportunity to start um, on-selling and cross-selling to um, similar types of products, 
um, within within the within the financial services world. It could be other like banking products, other types of uh, mortgage mortgage or savings products, but it could also be different types of insurance and um, insurance products that you could be selling on. So that brand loyalty makes a big difference, and we've seen examples both in Asia and around the world of companies kind of um, looking to on and cross sell by using health and wellness in the in the right way for the positive benefit, not in a not in a cynical way. I think you have to um, you have to do it meaning to actually make people's lives healthier and do that in the right right way the otherwise customers see through it um but there's there's been plenty of examples there and of course in terms of customer loyalty it's been, it's been shown that uh as people's uh, as people's financial wellness increases it it, it also results in yeah, in an inherent increase in in brand in brand or bank loyalty, just because uh, just because of if some if someone's feeling financially stable, they're a lot less likely to feel they have uh, they're forced into making a change. I would kind of continue with that and saying we're seeing a transition with how embedded technology has become in our lives. It's a transition from say an insurer. Um, just being an insurer or a bank, just being a bank, to actually being a partner, um, to working together to form a kind of a larger ecosystem um, where there are positive benefits on both sides with by everyone kind of all boats rising, I would say. Um, so then that's going to kind of take us into um, more of the methods. Um, Colin, do you would you like to kind of talk to us about how tech and digital solutions um, are working together to improve kind of overall well-being? Yes, well, it's been really interesting doing a lot of research into this, actually. It's just been, uh, I've just been looking into a lot of, into a lot of different solutions, which perhaps financial, perhaps banks or insurers, but also third parties are doing in order to really use data and use um and use technology in order to improve people's financial health and so uh, f- the the key to this really is uh, the key to this really is data and some of and some of sometimes it's actually the simplest solutions which actually turn out to be the most effective so uh, the even the even the most trivial uh, trivial tools such as budgeting for example including a budgeting app into into uh, bank apps now is is something which fintechs uh, such as Revolut or or Chase by JP Morgan, uh, they're actually they're actually starting to integrate these into their own mo- mobile finance apps, and um, and the fact that budgeting apps are becoming so popular these days, with uh, with mobile finance app downloads up significantly, especially during the pandemic years and the subse- subsequent squeeze. Um, there's clearly a significant market for these digital money management solutions. Uh, where the power really starts to come in is when you start to take the data which for which banks can, which banks uh, may be able to collect from the from these spending habits, for example, and to integrate such tools into existing banks' applications. And so, um, and so, this can uh, this can actually open the door to offering, say, financial uh, financial incentives to improve financial habits. For example, offering bonuses or or handouts to 
uh, to people who save regularly, for example, or preferential uh, or preferential deals or preferential um, offers for people who uh, for for people who uh, show that they're going out of the way to actually improve their to to actually improve their habits and in turn give a knock on benefit to the bank, the insurer, and themselves. Absolutely. There are kind of a plethora of, of different methods being used. Um, something, you know, at, that we're looking at in Hong Kong is, you know, just simple nudges. Um, so reminding people, you know, we have a HSBC Well Plus here, um, which will ping you and send you notifications um, to turn their, their internal app, which looks at um, physical, mental and financial well-being, um, gives you information um, to or education uh, on how and why you do need to save, um, how and why physical activity um, is integral to supporting your overall financial, mental and physical health um, and so on. Um, so then kind of going into these uh, holistic systems, Bob, um, how do how are these integrated systems or solutions working um, across the sphere of physical, mental um, and financial health um, uh, to break that cycle um, or that, yeah, that negative cycle of a kind of lack of saving, lack of physical health and deteriorating mental health? Good question. Well, I, I think we're only scratching the surface of this at the moment, and there's only a few examples of companies that are, are really looking at it um, holistically, like you said. But the the the, the ones that have um, have made a start into it, and we're only at the beginning of the, the beginning of that journey. But the ones that have um, have seen a load of progress. So you've seen examples of, of um, quite a few insurers um, who were really focusing mainly on that physical health side of people. So incentivizing people to be uh, more active, to eat more healthy. But they they quickly realised that. Um, as we covered earlier, one of the biggest, if not the biggest factor in uh, long term, long term health um, is actually uh, wealth and income. So they realized, actually, if we're going to do this and take it seriously, we're going to have to have some sort of banking aspect, either relationship with the bank or some of them have gone out and, and actually got their own banking licenses to become that kind of overall uh, health health partner. So really then covering um, yeah those three areas of financial health, physical health and, and then also looking at the mental health. And they all end up kind of complementing each other. So they've, de- they've tried to develop you know effectively a rewards scheme so you get a, a lot of benefits for for certain behaviors that you might perform i mean just like you you have customer loyalty schemes with um various other companies at the moment um but they're looking to really do it for, for you as an individual um to, to focus on your health and and your and your savings essentially so it's kind of a, a completely different way of having that customer loyalty is turning that loyalty into into you which makes so much sense if you're an insurer or a bank right for um people your people to be healthier and to um, to to have more, you know more wealth and income. So you'll find with those companies that brand loyalty um, is is huge, right? The people absolutely love companies who actually care and want to invest in their own health. So people will use um, firms, uh, those firms for all sorts of, for for all of their financial services products, for for example. But they use also then end up using them as their gateway through to health. So they'll use them to get their discount off their off their gym memberships. They'll they'll use them for um, discounts and uh, they'll pick their even their supermarkets where they where they get their groceries from, their healthy food will will kind of come through the same sort of avenue. Um and, and including, yeah, like some of the things we touched on earlier around around um around mental health, they'll they'll use uh, you know, counseling services or um or meditation apps through um through the same sort of avenue. So you really become, you know, an integral part of that person's health like eco if you build that ecosystem so there's there's just so much so much opportunity there to really 
uh, for companies to really uh, help people, but also see lots of uh, you know benefit for for themselves. So the firms that kind of do this, and like I said, they're only just really getting started in this area, but there's just so much potential for them to take this in uh, in so many directions because uh, like health and finances are, are those things that are never kind of complete, right? People are always going to be looking to improve those things, and as we learn more. Um, about how even simple things like motivation work or human health works over time, you can always keep adding different things to it um, constantly. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time. And um, there's not many companies, I think, that are that are really properly committing to it. So there's a, a load of opportunity in there for, uh, for firms to, to see some real benefits and to help out, um, help out people. Of course, and and there's a real argument in terms of uh, from the user's perspective as well, for, uh, in terms of keeping everything within one ecosystem. Just uh, just in terms of for take up, the often often the biggest barrier to take up is just people just haven't uh, people just if it's too difficult to use, someone will just uh, someone will just won't bother. It only takes someone to give something like this uh, one or two tries in order in order to keep convince them to keep going essentially and uh keeping everything within one ecosystem without within one app it, it of course it has benefits for security because you're not you're not sharing data with too many third parties but also keeping everything within that one bracket just means it's so much easier for the user to access whatever help is necessary try the te- try out the technology realizes actually really useful for them and uh, take it on board within their daily lives. Absolutely. So I think that's a great place to finish off. Um, And, you know, whether you're looking to better understand how financial, mental, physical health are interconnected, or if, you know, you are on a financial institution side, please join us on our podcast more often where we love to discuss kind of everything that's happening in the industry um, and certain strategies that you can use to overcome, you know, financial related anxieties, improve physical or mental health. So thank you both for being here today. I hope we provided our users with some insight into how to better manage their money and and what's out there um, and why they should. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day.